Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. An editorial note before we get started, Eric and I were in the same spot last weekend and we decided to try a little experiment recording in the same room, so our sound quality is a little bit different in the first half. In the second half, we return to our usual recording. Michael, we are doing something new and different. We are recording in the same room. Is this allowed? We've literally never physically tried this before. And this may end up on the cutting room floor entirely. This is... A brave new world. I don't think that's. I don't think that's true. We are bad at not talking over each other. Sometimes that is true. I edit it a lot. It works though. Yeah, <laughs> I know it's it's a little bit harder because the way that we've done it has worked so well. I know, I know, and it's sort of like a, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Absolutely. We need a. Isn't um? Aren't podcast studios in hotels part of the new? Like the new hot trend. That does seem to be the new hot trend. Okay, we could make we could. We're trendy. We do that. <laughs> we are going to eat some porridge, so I think that's that is pretty as, as trendy as you can get. Oh, I did actually want to say I do want to. We haven't talked about this in a long time. Do you need to get anything off your chest about the NBA? Oh, is that still going on this year? <laughs> that is that is such a <laughs> such a Celtics fan statement <laughs> to make. Oh, I thought the season was over. Like, oh, we're just. I mean, wake me up when the playoffs start. It'll actually count then. Yeah, and maybe don't wake me up too much because it might be blinking. You miss it for the, the seas. Yeah, this has not been a great season for the men in green. An unexpectedly bad season, I think. Yes, unexpectedly bad. We have. I think I'll I'll force you to make predictions next week. <sighs> okay. Seem fair. I'll, I'll be you, ready for it. Give you some time to think about it. Speaking of predictions, actually. Yeah, let's let's finalize this. I forgot. I forgot. Write this in blood. Write this in blood. Last week, offline, Eric had asked me about um, picking my World Series choices. Yeah, who you got? I finally did it. I get the Twins for free. For, for free. Push. Totally for free. free for the Twins. And then on the National League side, I'm doing parody this year, so I'm going for, I'm going for the Brewers. Nice. And I think the Phillies could put it together. And then on the American League side, I'm not going to overthink it. I really think it's the Yankees and the Red Sox. All right. So I have the field. I am not feeling as confident as I did, as I felt last year. About the field? About the field, yeah. Because you agree that Yankees and Red Sox are smart choices? or I think Yankees, Red Sox, Phillies are really smart choices. I think I, I did a three-head, one-heart situation. But Astros could win it, so Astros or Dodgers well, could win it, which really, really helps. I would, yeah, I would say the strongest field contenders are Astros and Dodgers. At, you know, currently, maybe the Mariners—they are four and one. <laughs> they always, they always like those uh, games in Japan. To start the season off. <sighs> this week on the pod, things are going to be a little bit different. We are going to get back to Algorithm Club and Neural Nets next week. 
But today we're going to talk about initial intriguing storylines that we have for this nascent MLB season. And then in the second half, we will talk briefly about observations and missives from the Yankees and Orioles game that we saw. Here we go. Do you want to spend this entire section talking about Mikel Franco and oh. Greg Holland? <laughs> yeah, we, we sort of posed a, a, you know, what player do you most want to talk about as we were preparing for this? And you said, you know, you penciled in Greg Holland for me, obviously. And uh, Franco, though, I don't know that I would have guessed that for you. He's looking good so far. Uh, he does. He's looked good in stretches before. Not really. He's kind of not a put-it-together kind of guy. What do you like about him? Like, what do you want him to be? Oh, I don't know what I don't know what he looks like as a top 20 fantasy option, if that's what you're implying. Like, yeah. what yeah, yeah, what yeah. do I dream, aspire yeah. him yes. to be? I don't know. No, because... Because the reason I ask is because I, you know, it's clear what I aspire for for Greg Holland. Like thirty saves in an ERA, that's four. Like that would be that'd be amazing. But what Franco is harder to evaluate. Absolutely, I don't. Uh, yeah, hmm. let me think about this for a quarter second. Let me look at what his stats have been to get a good sense of what what his potential is. I just grabbed him late round. He was available in a lot of leagues. I think a lot of people were overlooking him. Um, his best year was really I guess 2016 um, he hit 270 last year and I thought that was and then and he was, hit yeah, but his three year average 249 I know well he hit 280 in 2015 I, I remember it being like oh he's going to be a high average guy alright also on your team I want to hear your initial thoughts about Whit Merrifield he's doing Whit Merrifield type stuff he is doing Whit Merrifield type stuff I have no no complaints about Wit. To Wit, he has started to fill up the stat sheet. I mean, he's he's gonna just play. I mean, Kansas City has no option. Even if he hit like a down spell, which he hasn't yet. I mean, what are they gonna do? Sit him? Yeah. Can <laughs> we over under his uh, stolen bases for the year? He's got two through three games. I mean, I'm not gonna make you throw hundred. But thirty. Oh, really? That's a- you take the over on thirty. Oh okay. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thirty-five. Yeah. Thirty-nine. No, under. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, it's like thirty-seven and a half is probably thirty-seven and a half. That is rough. I take the under. I, I think he's gonna get to forty. It's gonna be close though. This is this is one of those bet boxes that could look really dumb. Mm-hmm. But I think that he. I think there's going to uh, this. This is my general prediction. I think there's going to be more running in the league overall. I think yes. we're going to see significantly more stolen bases this year. Yes. Than in previous years, which is is very interesting from a fantasy standpoint. You know, anyway. True. Yeah, that's always fun. I like years where there's a lot of running. <laughs> it just feels like a lot of running year. I don't know. Okay, so you're taking the over on thirty yeah, seven and a half. Yep. Oof! Wow. I would love that. <laughs> I am aware that you would. How many okay, so let's talk about Greg Holland quickly because everybody hates Greg Holland, but the, it happens in a lot of years where there's a closer who's um, terrible but is just banging out saves. Right. I hate Greg Holland, but I need Greg Holland. The thing about Greg Holland, though, is he he was a good pitcher. It, it's not like Fernando Rodney, who wasn't ever really a great pitcher. Very Greg true. Holland was and then got um, 
wasn't really in good situations the last couple of years, was overused and has been hurt. So, I mean, I think he could be, and if he's really in this role, because Archie Bradley is just going to be the the, the, um, the setup man, I think this could be perfect for him. Perfect for any own, owner of Greg Holland to just be vacuuming up saves. I kind of, I well, that's true. I kind of worry about the Diamondbacks rotation, though. Oh, you mean the fact that they're terrible? Yeah. I mean, I worry about, I worry about, Getting, getting to Greg Holland. There are going to be a lot of uh, blowouts. That's true. Um, you know, not on either of our teams, but Domingo Santana. Do you think he's real? No, 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 no. Do you? Well, I think he could end the year with like forty home runs. So forty home runs and real are two different things to me. That's very true. I know, but that's approaching real. You can get to, you especially in today's MLB, you can get to forty home runs and not be real. Mark Reynolds, Mark Reynolds for several years. Adam Dunn for several years. I, that said, you can't get to forty home runs and not be a fantasy asset. Yeah, he's going to be an asset. But there, I feel like there have been years where guys that that scraped together thirty home runs were not ownable fantasy assets. Hmm. He could get up to 40 home runs. You want to, okay. I, 40 sounds like 40 a lot. High. Do you want a 37 and a half over on Ooh, ooh oh. I, I like the symmetry. Yeah, all right. I'll take over. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. He's okay. already got five, so he just needs to hit 33 more. Oh, and, um, I mean, he's going to play 150 games, so 145 games. Baseball standpoint, what do you think about what's happening in San Diego? I mean, is that is that going to be a good team this year? How about this? How about an actual baseball over-under? How many okay. wins do the Padres get? Where are you going to place it? 79? No, I'm going to put it at, at 81 and a half. Under. Really? Yeah. I disagree. I think they're an over 500 team this year. They wow. Have, they have too it. many pieces. They have too many pieces. I think it's going to be close. But I, I needed to make that one. I feel good. That's an, that's an interesting one. Thank you. I think I'm quite proud of myself. Speaking of which, Will Myers, is he going to get to 30-30? 30-30? No. 25-25, maybe. 25-20? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he could have a 25-20 year. It's just, can he get to, um, can he get to 550 at-bats? Can he get to 600 plate appearances? So, he's not, he's not in danger of losing any time in San Diego, which is like the main... Can the the thing that's happening in their outfield right now? No, no, he, but, he, but he is but a threat he, to get hurt. He, yeah, he's in danger of losing his Being own himself time in yeah. the outfield. Yeah, and they have so many outfielders that they won't rush him back. I think if he yeah. gets, when he gets hurt, I was going to say if, but it's it's not an if. Absolutely. All right, one last guy. I want to beat around real quick. Adam Jones. You are on the Adam Jones train. Always on the Adam Jones train, and. Uh, looks like it looks like a decent train to be on right now. Yeah, well, I, when Adam Jones got signed by Arizona, I, I was thinking that's an obvious place for him because he can be. He has like four out there, are four outfielders there. He's fielding wise as good or better than all of them. Hitting wise, he's as good or better than them. And in terms of like. The park, 
is great. So why, I mean, why wouldn't you want to have Adam Jones? And then all of a sudden, um, unfortunately, Philip Sousa decided to um, get really, really hurt. And hopefully he, he's able to play again, let alone play again in next year. But then at-bats are right there for him. And he's uh, he's taking advantage of them as of this, oh, yeah, as of this recording. He's already got two home runs. He's going to have a solid year. Here's an outtake of us discussing the game that we caught over the weekend, which will be the topic of the second half. Something about there's a general like baseball player body that like is you know really hard to tell one from from the other unless you really know numbers. But then there are some guys that are just unique looking. Yeah. <laughs> Part of why I like Estudio is because. I saw him at a Twins game, and it was like, that's a, that guy looks different. <laughs> I can I can pick him out. You know, from anywhere in the stadium, you can see him, and you're like, yeah, that's that. Luke Voigt is a door. That guy is just a barn door. Stretching out that jersey. <laughs> we caught some opening weekend baseball. Yeah, we did. And it was an, an unexpectedly decent game, I think. From my opinion. I, you started with unexpectedly decent, and my mind immediately went to weather. <laughs> well, it was excellent weather, especially, you know, coming as a as a Minnesotan. Outdoor baseball in March just freaks me out. But <laughs> It is a little intimidating, isn't it? Uh, there's, but I'm glad we saw this game. We caught the Yankees-Orioles at Yankee Stadium on uh, Saturday, May 30th. The, also, the top-line score here, Orioles win 5-3. to three. We'll talk about that, why that's surprising in a minute. Yeah, absolutely. It was, it was, it really was a decent game. A lot of intrigue, a lot of ins and outs, as uh, Lebowski would say. I would say, you know, we poo pooed it going in, but seeing the Orioles in person was actually incredibly valuable to me. It was really helpful. There are going to be some guys that are picked up for the cheap from that team who are just going to get stats. But we we kind of knew that we, as we were getting to the stadium, I was like, you know, it doesn't, you know, if there's a guy on that team that gets to 600 at bats, he's going to be valuable in no matter what just context. All of them, but uh, <laughs> which is all of them, right? There's going to be some guys who are going to have some fantasy value on. So this in team. my TGFBI league, Ronaldo Ronaldo Nunez, their cleanup batter went for a pretty you know a pretty decent sum. I mean, he's got to do something, right? <laughs> right. I mean, if he's going to be batting fourth in a, on a major league roster, <laughs> then and he's got then he's going to be got arguably something. two of their, you know, best players. Remembering that best is a relative term <laughs> ahead of him. Mm, yes. Uh, so we we arrived in about the second inning, which was great because nothing happened until the fourth. <laughs> <laughs> right, absolutely nothing happened. That was the incompetence of the Orioles hitters as well as the uh, malaise of the Yankees. Yeah, and then so the four, so fourth inning, Yankees score a run. Looks like, okay, you know, here we go. They're going to just start up the engines and, and get going. And then after that, five unanswered runs from the Orioles. It, it just didn't make sense. It, it didn't make sense while it was happening, but it also, nothing was really that surprising or out of the ordinary. Um, though, at the same time, three errors by the Yankees. And we were commenting on the game, like, each one of those was costly. Oh, absolutely. And we talked about this. I mean, I think 
and we also talked about this in general because it was the type of thing where if one, a couple things or three things in the case of the errors had gone a different way, the Yankees probably would have won the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But we did get a peek at some of the Orioles game strategy, I think now. And a lot of hit and run. I feel like Buck Walter is in such, in such heaven right now of like no expectations I get to mess around with the base paths and with these gritty players. Um, there was a great comparison of Buckshaw Walter to Sam Allardyce, <laughs> the uh, the manager, the Premier League manager, who's just brought in to make sure teams don't don't get relegated. You're absolutely right. I was actually thinking more about the fact that in the third inning, we looked up and realized there was a different pitcher on the mound for the Orioles. <laughs> It's really hard to tell who was who uh, from the pitching staff. It's like, oh, is that a, is that a new guy? Oh, I well, because we're so. look, we're yeah. looking at the you know we're looking at the game beforehand. Like, oh, James Paxton versus Nate Carnes. Okay, you know, I mean, interesting. Nate Carnes, I have heard of him. And then look up in the third, like Nate Carnes isn't pitching anymore. Yep, no more Nate Carnes. And then. Um... <laughs> It's really hard to tell any difference. <laughs> I, but I think I think this is going to be a little bit more of a hallmark of what we might expect to see. I mean, more bullpen days. <laughs> yeah, Carnes returns to the opener role. But it's not like, but they didn't make anybody go for long long term after that. I, you know, that's it's an interesting strategy, and that, but that means that on days like that, the fact that any team has an opener, if you're in a holds league, like I'm just looking at the box score for this, two guys got holds. Oh yeah, two guys got holds in that game. Oh, oh, two true. holds and a save in that game. So if you're looking at a team like, you know, where am I gonna where am I gonna sneak some holds? I think the Orioles might be, you know, might be a sneaky holds team. Absolutely, I we don't even play in any leagues with holds. I but, know, you know, for those listeners who do, that is that is a good point. Yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. It is it is always funny when the pitcher that starts the game is not the one who threw the most pitches by a large margin. A long shot, <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so outside of the pitching, um, wow, Michael Givens had three strikeouts. I didn't yeah. even realize that. Um, he looked like a major league pitcher where some of the other guys on the Orioles did not. Yes. Yeah, he came, he came the side. But look look at the look at the number of pitches. The Orioles threw 182 pitches to the Yankees 140. That's not a common occurrence. <laughs> that that then you proceed to lose the that, game. That's, yeah. No, absolutely. Uh all right, we just talked a ton about the Orioles. Any observations about the Yankees apart from the the errors that were mentioned? What does it matter because half of the team has now hit the the IL since we since we watched that. Yeah. Game. Okay, all right. <laughs> if, that, if that's all you want to say, then that's fine with me. I mean, I am feeling really good about DJ LeMahieu. This so these injuries He's, probably mean that he moves up the lineup, right? I would, I would guess so. Yeah. Well, I mean, how doesn't he? Because they lost what they lost Andujar and Stanton, and it sounds like there's someone else who is Claybar Torres is. Is dinged up or something like that. I mean, and they were playing LeMahieu at third, yep. so they're going to just play him across. The oh, I mean, it was known that they're going to play him across the infield. I think. So we'll see what happens. I mean, we saw we saw a uh, too low home run, which was nice. Mm. Good, good to see that he's still 
able to do that when he's not. It's the hurt. only home run we saw. I would have appreciated a couple more. One, yeah, one a little bit closer to us. One a little bit closer to us would have been fun. That would have been fun. Decent number of strikeouts in the game, uh, but. Adam Ottavino, I love that he's number zero. Oh. <laughs> I mean, if your name starts and ends with O, you may as well lean in, right? Why not? Why? I thought it was a good game. I'm it was it was a I was very happy to go to that game. Good pace, I thought. Um you know, some lackluster beers, but yeah. the hot dog was great. And uh Hot Dog was just what else can you ask for? Very Chef's good. Kiss, beautiful. All right, I think that about brings us to the review session. T. Gordon. D. D. Gordon. Gordon. I have loved D. Gordon too much for a long time. And resisted the urge to just knee-jerk draft him. Uh, So I watched him in the Sunday game against the Red Sox. I watched him in the Monday game against the Angels. So I also saw him on the... um, Thursday game against the Red Sox. And so so the game bit. that I watched I thought was actually like a, a beautifully a beautifully perfect D Gordon game. <laughs> he he uh he singled on a lawn a short line drive to center. He flew out on a very weak sacrifice fly. He flew out again to center, and then he did another single line drive to center. That is go. a D Gordon that's, day. That's a D Gordon. Although I'm line. looking at I'm looking at what he did in your day, and it looks like basically exactly the same thing. Well, just one hit, uh, one hit, one stolen base. He was um, otherwise unremarkable, other than getting uh, having some sort of interaction with uh, Pujols. <laughs> I have a lot of on field thoughts about D Gordon as well. <laughs> Okay, and that's that's sort of why we're doing this, so that we can actually like see these players and get like a little bit better better thoughts about them. We know what the stats look like. We know what it, we know what they look like in data yeah. space, but what do they really look like so, on the field? And like, a, so how about this? Let's evaluate. Let's do when we do this now from the future. Let's do an evaluation like this. Did your stock of D Gordon go up or go down after seeing him? Me down. too. Very much down. The stats look much better than he looks in person, I thought. If he was a fantasy character, I would say that he was the waif from Game of Thrones. Book waif, less Less the uh, show waif as well. That, okay. No, I I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Do you hold anything against him for the steroid suspension? Uh, Looking at his body, yes. Like, how did you not know how to use them? <laughs> no, because we talk, we've talked about this before, like, in, in recordings, saying that for him, it's like a stay healthy type thing. Yeah, it's stamina, stay on the field kind of piece, yeah. right? And last year, he didn't get to, he didn't get to 160 games. Uh, one other brief complaint about this is about looking for this. I really dislike that ESPN has no videos for him. Right. I also yeah. yeah. Also noticed that. Also took a look at ESPN for videos and he had nothing. It also tells you a little bit about the his play. <laughs> yeah. All right. Other thoughts on him? Okay, so 2018, 141 games, 62 runs, four home runs, 36 RBIs, 30 stolen bases, 
a 268 batting average. So considering that he was a top 60 pick going into that year, that is bad production. Bad. That is really bad production. Um, especially because so 2017, 158 games, 114 runs. I mean, two home runs, that doesn't really matter. 33 RBIs also doesn't really matter. 60 stolen bases, 308 batting average. He was Billy... He was Billy Hamilton with 100 extra batting That's what you points. need. That's actually what you need. Right. Yeah. So so you picked him in the top 60 because he was a like a serious three-category contributor, one of which... It, and he was going to get more eligibility. He was going to get second in Right. Field. So it seemed really valuable. Totally defensible position. But that said, I could also... I could have predicted the outcome that we saw from him last year anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And so this year he's on pace through seven games for 69 runs, no home runs, 138 RBIs. That's because he's batting ninth um, instead of second and a 276 average. So other than that RBI total being 100 higher than what it'll end up um, and the stolen bases being about 30 higher, I think it sounds about right. <laughs> You have a little note in here uh, that you think his value is toast if he's number nine all year long. I I don't know. I mean, obviously, a lot of his value is driven by how many times he gets to the plate. Volume. Yeah, but, and I, get, I guess this gets into the other point of that the team around him is just scrubby. Scruffy, yeah, and that's another piece. But if... So, in 2017, 653 at-bats on that Marlins team. Yeah. That volume spoke worlds. I mean, that's the way that you get runs, which is, an, which I, as long as I know, as far as I know, one of the five categories that we're, we're going for. Um, and then in 2018, when he was not batting uh, number one, number two every day, he only got to 556 at bats, and I think that that plays a huge part in that run total, as much if not more than his average dipping. Yes. Yep. No, I I will give that to you. Um, and there there's no reason to. Th- so your line would be there's no reason to think that he's going to return to 2017 value this year. 2018 is who he is. No, I think if I was to look at his, um, I, I think that is somewhere right in the middle of those. Wow. Two. Because he's, I think, I think that he'll end up. I mean that that means sixty two, one fourteen. That means somewhere around. Maybe he gets to ninety runs. No way. It'll be like eighty eight or something like that. Throw the bet box number. He's Throw have the bet box number. I don't. Two home I don't runs. buy that at all. Okay, eighty seven runs. Eighty seven and a half under. runs over under. 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 All right. There you go. Um, I think that halfway between 268 and 308 is going to be his batting average. It's not going to matter. It's going to be totally hollow, but, you know, 280, sure. why not? Sure. Uh, his home run total is going to be less than five. His RBI total is going to be less than 40, probably less than 35. But I think that that assumes um let's talk about the team around him really unsexy team um but i mean these are guys that are just so unsexy in a fantasy sense malik smith edwin Encarnacion, 
Jay Bruce, King Felix, and Tim Beckham. Seattle has put together a baseball team. It is an atrocious fantasy team. Well, I I would disagree with that. I, I think it's actually... I think that these are a lot of value guys that if you went into an auction and you said, I'm going to grab two big names and then mm. just a bunch of like undervalued guys, you'd end up with this team. But that it would have like Mike Trout. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. It'd be like Mike Trout and um, Corey Kluber and then just like these guys. All right. But I think part of this that I wanted to bring up is that Malik Smith, I kept on talking about in the preseason because I really sure. like him. You really like him on a per game basis. He's a fantasy all star. Yeah, he's a Ryan he Zimmerman. Gets, the Ryan Zimmerman effect. He he can't. If he was to get to 160 um, games, oh my god, he will be a top 30 player. But he probably won't. So D Gordon, I think that that's the big thing that you need to watch is how. Malik Smith does mm, this year. That's a good prediction. I like that. I like that a lot. If Malik Smith gets to, um, oh, it's one of the smartest players in our league who has him. Um, he got to 141 games last year, but only 480 at bats. That that's a pretty yeah that's a pretty funny tells ratio. you a little bit how the Tampa Bay used him. Oh, we already yeah I already knew that because I I had I've owned shares of him before and his usage in a fantasy sense is infuriating. Always has been, but if, I mean he's the everyday center fielder so far. He's off to a blistering start. He does this though. But this is not a Malik Smith. He review. does do this. If you want to review Malik Smith, you can pick him. I'll have to say. <laughs> All right, so. What do you think? Do you trade for D. Gordon? Nope. Nope. Okay. Agreed. So now that we've uh, ended on that bombshell, who would you like to watch next week? You know who I want to talk about? I'm scared. Eddie Eddie Rosario. You just want to shit on my rankings, but that's fine. I'll talk about Eddie Rosario. Well, let's do it. All right. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!